Welcome, everybody, to the 510 Podcast. It's no longer the radio because we don't have the radio thing going anymore. Uh, if you are new to the 510, welcome. Uh, if you've been to the 510 website, uh, 510.com, you're pretty obviously aware of what we've done in the past. Uh, I wanted to introduce this sort of reimagining of the podcast, the radio thing that we've done in the past, and I want to do something really special to reintroduce it because it's been, Jesus, seven years since we've done something. And obviously the website has been up to date thanks to our wonderful guest for the first podcast and our amazing photographer, I can't even say the word, Clay Lancaster. Clay's with me. Uh, Welcome, sir. Hey, JC. What's up, man? Oh, my God, dude. It has been, well, first of all, the world is in kind of this crazy place, so we can't be in the same room together, and we're not even in the same state anymore. I was like, yeah, we haven't been in the same room together in seven years or something, so to me, it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, but th- it's just been a crazy time, and what I wanted to do for this episode is really kind of go back and catch everybody up. Like, How did we get to this moment where we're bringing back the 510 audio piece of the website? That's a lot of... I mean, that's a lot of info. Like, you know, we, you and I started back, I think, in 2010, I believe. Um, I don't know. Does that sound right to you? I think it is. I th- yeah. I think the, yeah, I, I was think that's looking, right. I was looking for more of an outlet to to do photography work for concerts and bands and stuff. And I came across a, a friend of mine recommended you and you were looking for somebody. And we kind of, I remember I went to Butter in the city to meet up with you and didn't know who you were, didn't know who I was looking for. <laughs> and then it's what, and now it's 10 years later, isn't that, that's funny. Just, yeah, back in April, we just celebrated 10 years of the 510 website, which is bananas to me. Like, I think my oldest was six or seven when we started this website. Now he's a senior <laughs> in high school. It's just time flies. And, and I started the website because, uh, you know, going back, we I was doing this website called Life Music Love with some kid out in near Walnut Creek in Danville. And we had a disagreement, and he wouldn't he he wouldn't give me the name of the show. So originally, the five ten was actually called Life Music Love. Oh, okay. And so he he took everything, he changed the password to everything. And I was like, well, shit, now I got to kind of start over again. And so we started, and that was we were already that was the Life Music Love was the first time we talked to Portugal the Man in San Francisco. So we did that with that, that- show. Yeah, and I wasn't there for that no. one. So that yeah, that must that must have been a few months prior. It was. And so um and so I rebranded. We we came up with the five ten because I grew up in the East Bay of of the Bay Area and that's the my phone number is still the five ten area code. So that was why we picked the five ten, or I say we, the proverbial we. But sure. um but uh and then I met you through our mutual friend John Gracia. Yeah. And in Walnut Creek at a Pennywise show. Because I think well, the that's one... that's where I'm. That's where John told me to get a hold of you. Yeah. Well, we were both at that show. Oh, I were. Yeah, I, don't think I was I met at you that night. Though, nope, did I? Nope. We didn't meet each other, okay. but I was at that show, and so that's so funny. And so you came. Out I, I lived like two blocks away too. That's so funny. And so you met me at Butter, and we talked about the website, and then you started to just you came with me to all the shows. Like we, I would get press passes, and then we would also get photo passes, and that's how we yeah. kind of started the site. And what's crazy is if you look at the site today and you look at all of the people we've had on the show, it is insane. Like what, what was the first interview you remember going to? Oh boy. Remember going to is different. Um, 
it's again it's been a while man and again 2010 ish like i had just left a day job i was a manager for target for like six that's years right and just left so all of that kind of blends in during that year um like right off the bat around that time i remember the gracious few interview but that wasn't the first i don't think so i remember the so the first guest we had as part of the 510 was a band called west indian girl and that was at bottom of the hill and the funny story about that one so fun this is a funny story because this is how small the world is Right. So I moved to Portland in 2013 and a few years after moving to Portland, I kept running into this guy named Dave Allen. Dave Allen is famous for being one of the bass players for uh, Gang of Four. Very f sort of well-known old school punk foursome out of the UK. And okay. Dave Allen at the time had joined... Um, Ian and Dr. Dre at um, this little uh, company called Beats right before the acquisition for Apple. And he and I were talking and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I interviewed this band, West Indian Girl, and the lead singer is now Trent Reznor's wife. And I brought that up because he was working with Trent at Apple now. Right. And uh, and he's like, oh, I, I just had um, dinner with Trent and Maraquee not too long ago. And I'm like. Funny story, my first interview was with West Indian Girl and, and Maraquine, and I remember it so vividly because before we went to that show, and if you remember, we had Long used to be part of the 510, right? He was, um, so he helped with uh, logistics and stuff. But Long and yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, he was... Yeah, so Long and I went to the bottom of the hill, and it was just, we we interviewed this band, and we had just come from eating like this at this really horrible restaurant near the in the Mission. And it tore me up. And if you've never been to the bottom of the hill, <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, the green room's actually upstairs above like this. Um, I don't know patio. The smoking patio is really where. Yeah, there's like the smoking outdoor patio, and then there's a staircase that takes you to, and it's like a different part of the building upstairs, and that's where the artists go. Right, and so it's upstairs. Well, anyway, there's a bathroom in this little, small, little, tiny green room, and West Indian Girl is six bit is has six members. So you imagine like after the interview, there's six members and their friends and me, and I had to go use their bathroom. I couldn't wait. And I wasn't going to go downstairs. The bottom of the hill bathroom is horrible. And, uh, and so I go upstairs and I wreck this poor band's room. Like I, it's with all of them just sitting out there, like with just sitting there. Away. It was noisy. So they weren't going to hear me wrecking it, but they were definitely, <laughs> I'm like, all right guys, I got to go by. And I leave. And I look back and she follows me afterwards to go throw up. She had a fever that night. She had the flu. And so she th follows me in the bathroom afterwards to go throw up. And I just like, they should have replaced that toilet. <laughs> and, and so I was telling Dave Allen this story. And he's like, oh, I'm totally bringing this up next time I go have dinner with them. And so he did. Like a few months later, I run into him again. And I'm like, did you tell Maraquine? And she goes, oh, yeah, she totally remembers that. And she was laughing her ass off. That's I'm like, so oh, funny. Thank man. God, man. But like that was that was sort of the introduction into uh, you know, the five ten. And 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 it was it was not a great interview. If you listen to it now, it was pre recorded because we pre recorded all of our interviews. And I remember the first show we did, we did it live and we did it from my buddy's winery out in Livermore, California. And so it was actually they had a tasting room. And it was just really strong Wi-Fi there, and it was quiet. So that's where we did the first recording. Was at the the winery in uh, in Livermore. 
Uh, fun. Yeah. And you, I remember over the years, we've done interviews in so many different places. Sometimes they're green rooms. Sometimes it's on the bus. Sometimes I remember I did an interview with Sky from Foxy Shazam, and that was in a park out, you know, across the street from the Fillmore <laughs> in San Francisco. Yeah. And halfway through the interview, uh, a homeless guy comes up and just starts talking to both of us in the middle of all of it. And so you can hear some of that in there until we just called cut. And then we just chatted with the guy for like 30 minutes until he finally left. And that, that was a that was an interesting one. So what 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 is like your most memorable show that we've covered? That's hard to say, just because I mean we we we've done so many different like like it was like John Williams' grandkids. You know we we've, we've done that, but we've also you know we've also been backstage at Smashing Pumpkins. So it, it's a big it runs the gamut. Like and so I don't know like. Meet and Billy, Cor we, it wasn't a show. It was a show that we shot, we covered, and we were both there. But Meet and Billy Corgan was a big one for me. Yeah, uh, hanging out with the guys from Gracious Few was a big one for me as well. Because if you're not aware who the Gracious Few was, it's the band live from the '90s and Candlebox as a mixed supergroup kind of thing. And you became and I was like friends with Kevin afterwards. Oh yeah, I still talk to him. Like last time, I think we were in LA. We had breakfast with him and stuff. He's a really cool dude. I love it. I um, yeah, I, I love the those yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just a slight delay here. Um, yeah. It's one of those things where I got a hold of them on MySpace because I was still trailing, you know, around that year. And yeah. And I remember Sean got back to me. He's like, oh, yeah, we're free. And so it turned into that. And that was a lot of fun for me because it just, we got to sit back and just kind of be part of a conversation with people that I've been following their careers for a while now. So that was really cool for me. It, it was, um, yeah, it was fun. We did that uh, interview at the Independent in San Francisco, which is a really cool mm -hmm. venue. In fact, another really cool interview we did there was with when Mixmaster Mike was touring with Travis Barker. Yeah, I remember that one. And it was because, and I I don't know if Mixmaster Mike were was just because he used to do that go tour around with DJ Adam. Of course, DJ Adam died, but um, but that was a really good interview because one, I grew up listening to the Beastie Boys as a kid, and it was nice to just talk to somebody. I mean, Mixmaster Mike is behind all of the you know like sabotage. Uh, I mean, just think of like all of the the stuff that they when they stopped doing primarily live uh, instruments, they turned to a DJ and brought in Mixmaster Mike, and so he's part of their history, a big part of their history. Oh, absolutely! And it was just really cool to talk to him, and he he had an app that he had built and everything. It was just really cool. I remember that one. Travis Barker was just really sullen the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he was. I don't, I don't want to say standoffish. He was totally polite and everything. He just wasn't. Yeah. He just wasn't really in it. I don't think he was caring to be a part of it. But Mike, Mike was totally cordial and was. Yeah, I remember he was showing you the new app. I don't even know if that app was released yet. Yeah, I don't know either. When the, the one he was showing you, yeah. And so I have a bunch of photos of that. And he was he was super chatty, really cool dude. I think the the most memorable one uh, that I can think of, and not in a good way. There's a couple that I remember that are just like amazing. We'll talk about that. But the the one that I remember. Uh, that I'm like, it never saw the light of day was we did bottle rock the second year of bottle rock. And we interviewed Natasha Legero that day, Wyatt Sinek, Jim Brewer. Was it, that was the first year of bottle rock. I think 2013. Uh, no, because I, I remember I, I covered the second year without oh, did you. Okay. Yeah. Then I guess it was the first year, but I, it, I just remember we interviewed, um, Jeff Ament from RDNM, who is also in mm -hmm. Pearl Jam, like Charlie Musselgrove, um, Muscle White, Muscle White. Sorry. And, um, did we do vintage? No, we watched vintage trouble. We didn't interview them. 
Um, no, they did an interview nearby, but we, yeah, we weren't on the schedule for that one. And I remember it was the first year we saw Alabama shakes. Like they just we did uh, Asif Mandavi for Manvi from um, from the Daily Show as well. Yeah, uh, Asif Manvi. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, Jim Brewer. Did you say Jim Brewer? Yeah, Jim Brewer. But the one interview we did that day was with Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, and I couldn't get the band's name right, and I kept calling them <laughs> Edward Sharp and the Zeros. And the band was so polite about it. They didn't say, they didn't correct me once. They didn't say shit. They just nodded and was like, this is great. <laughs> and they left. They shook my hand and they left. And I, re I listened to the recording later on. I'm like, I'm a fucking moron. Oh, my God. I <laughs> I mispronounced their, the band's name the entire time. And so, of course, it never saw the light of day. But that one was like, that was the big, like, forehead and the you know hand at the forehead moment where yeah. you're just like oh, well, what that's, a moron. well that's one of the that's one of the tough things about being in this industry is you have to really keep up on everything that's going on especially in a festival kind of setting because when you're normally handling handling a lot of the interview parts of things i'm usually out in the photo pit doing my job right uh, and so there are so many bands i've photographed over the years i I'm, to this day i don't really know who they are just i just have photos on a hard drive somewhere of them i just that's posted too them funny up. it's that's just because i never heard of them and they weren't necessarily my style of music so you know they're yeah. always great shows photos turned out great so we just we put them up but other than that i didn't really follow up with it so i've i've sometimes like you get in those things that you just, your brain just kind of goes haywire and you know you see it on a piece of paper in front of you but as soon as you're in a conversation yeah. it just kind of goes all out the window eventually there are two interviews that i would put it like number one and number two i mean we've had we've done taboo from black eyed peas we've done um tyler bryant which is a really like lesser known guitarist but just fucking amazing and we Since went out then, and had... man, he, he's been yeah he's been touring with aerosmith and guns and roses and all that stuff he's really a, cool kid we got to go have dinner with the whole band that night like just a really cool kid but the, the there's two interviews i would say are like number one and number two the first one is uh we interviewed george clinton at yoshi's right before his 70th birthday in oakland uh after he had just done a three-hour set and it was like 30 minutes. They gave us a ton of time. It was backstage at Yoshi's. People were already like vacating the venue. And he was just so nice and so happy and just so gracious. And we were we talked about everything. We talked about things like, you know, the fact that a lot of 90s hip hop used a lot of his samples. And because of the mm -hmm. legal issues that he's gone through, he got none of that. Like he was he never made any money off of anything. And uh, which is why he just continued to tour. Um, and it was just a really fascinating look into his life, into a legend. Like the guy created a whole genre. Like the only reason people know funk is because of George yeah. Clinton. And it was just so surreal to be sitting next to this guy. Yeah. And I'm surprised he even agreed to do that one after doing such a long show anyway, because most people are just exhausted and want to Three get back hours. on the bus or get home or something. Yeah, he was just so nice, and he, he didn't rush the interview. Nobody, none, none of his um, entourage rushed it, rushed it at all. He was just really, really nice about it. And the, So the next one, I think the number two is we did Uncle Amani from The Far Side. And The Far Side... I don't think I was there for that one. No, Long was there for that one, and we did it at Uncle Amani's hotel. They were playing Ruby Sky, which is gone now, but yeah. they were playing Ruby Sky with Souls of Mischief. It was uh, Souls of Mischief, um, Farside, and a couple of other like '90s hip hop groups. So it was a great like, and we ended up getting Souls of Mischief backstage at the Wharf or at the Shoreline 
years later, and that was a really cool one because we had everybody from Souls of Mischief. But this one, the Farsight interview, we let that run, and it's even it's still on the site, believe it or not. We broke it into two parts because he just started to talk, and we just and I just let him. I just didn't let it go. Yeah, and I was just like, and he just it was like a behind the music of the Farsight from when as they started as a dance troupe. And then eventually got into hip hop. And now, like, everybody knows Run In and Yo Mama and all of their hits. And it was just surreal to sit there and this guy just won't. It was an hour long. It was an hour. <laughs> I'm sorry, an hour and 17 minutes. I know because I cut it. And That's I was so just funny. like, Jesus, how does somebody give me an hour for some little nothing podcast or radio thing that we were doing? And, and he gave me so much, and he was so nice about it. And then that night he took me on stage and I stood next to the DJ booth on the stage at, at Ruby sky, watching the far side and souls of mischief from the stage. It was cool. This was like, I grew up listening to this far side souls of mischief. Um, like all those nineties hip hop artists, and it was like watching these guys just and it was it was the last time all three of them had performed because Fat Lip, uh, Slim Kid Trey, and Uncle Amani had a falling out. And so um that was the last time Slim Kid Trey played with the Far Side. Now he DJs huh. up here in Portland, Oregon of all places. But the Far Side just tours as Uncle Amani and Fat Lip now. When before, what was funny is before uh, Slim Kid Trey and Uncle Amani, they kicked Fat Lip out of the band. So now it, <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah, band dynamics, get they, they, they get pretty crazy every now and then. That's yes. just pretend to follow it sometimes. Speaking of that piece of it, so we were we got dragged into a beef with um, the dyslexic speed racers. So do you know who I, these guys are? I do not. So if you don't know who these guys are, you're probably not alone. But anyway, if you know who Mickey Avalon is and Simon Rex is, who is better known as Dirt Nasty, they Which make is funny up. Because I know both of those people. Yeah, so, they yeah. make up two thirds of this group called uh, Dyslexic Speed Re- uh, Readers, and it's a hip hop group that not very many people know about. But the Simon Rex and Mickey Avalon had a falling out. They were just talking shit, and Simon Rex got on my show at Slim's and addressed it. And then weeks later, we happened to get Mickey Avalon, and he addressed it. <laughs> and somebody put the whole thing up on Wikipedia. Like, they included it in the beef on Wikipedia about, like, Mickey Avalon said this, and Simon Rex said this about the beef. And so we got sort of, like, intermixed into this, like, beef within a band. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, we didn't expect it, and somebody added it. I, I had no idea who added it, but they added uh, both Simon and uh, Mickey Avalon's interview uh, up on the wiki page uh, for for the dyslexic speed readers. That's so funny, and that's a level of drama I never thought. You know, that, I never thought I'd really be involved with anything that kind of even got close to that. Just because, yeah, I might. You know, I just want to take some pictures, man. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you end up. Sometimes you end up in the midst. You hear some people say something off the record, and I'm sitting there going, "Ooh, okay," and. You know, it, it's, I, I feel grateful when they tell me those sorts of things because they trust me. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, dude, I was just here to take some photos. That's right. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just funny what you get sucked into sometimes. Uh, oh, 100%. And it was, uh, it was great. And then um, I think we've got, we got Simon Rex back a second time. 
and it was after they had been they had re sort of uh, gotten together. It was after the beef, and he addressed it. He was like, "Oh no, things are cool now. Everything's great. Everything's super. We're back together. We're touring around, and everything. Even um, Andy Milanakis was part of it as well, and uh, and so he was part of the group as well. But it was just um, it was funny to get dragged into that. I don't think we ever. I'm trying to think back. I don't think we ever got that again. But we had people like um, the Dandy Warhols was another good one, and I ended up. Um, being ended up connecting with um, Zoe, who is their mm-hmm. keyboard player, and she lives up here in Portland as well. So I still talk to her every now and then. Um, Zach from um, Portugal Demand, Zach Carruthers, he and I still talk a lot because um, they're up here in Portland as well. So it's just interesting. Like, so who's not in Portland is the question. Uh, you're not up here in Portland. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> no, I'm not. Right now we're <laughs> trying not to get burned down while the fire's going on in the Bay oh, Area. Oh, man. But, I mean, it's just interesting that these people that you meet just one time or maybe you meet them twice and they end up being friends. They end up being somebody that you connect with. And yeah. what's interesting about the Portugal Demand uh, piece is that after – I walked away from the 510 because I had just so much other thing, so many other things going on. I had started a, a startup called Plunk, which was a digital agency, and we're building apps and stuff like that. And we were going to build Portugal Demand's app. So we actually had dinner with them at Doug Fur Lounge in Portland uh, with the entire band. Uh, no, I, I don't think John was there. Zach and Kyle and a couple of the other guys were there, but John wasn't there. And Did we were going to forget an app because I'm not a I, I've never heard of an app if they had one. They don't because we we didn't build it. They we oh. offered um, a pretty low rate, a pretty discounted rate. And the, it was their manager that basically shut it down because he was like, sure. yeah, we can't afford that. And I'm like, no, you can. But cool. And we're not going to compromise our cost because I have developers to pay. And we're not doing this because we think your band is really cool. We do. But this is more of like, you know, you're either you're either in or you're out. And so they were out. So we didn't do it. That happens, man. It's just business. Yeah. But I mean, I think what's interesting is that we have had, we had, um, Margaret Cho on the show. We, we've never, we've never stuck to a genre. We've done more than music. We've had Henry Rollins on the show. We Um, talked to, uh, we talked to Kat Von D. Yeah, we did Kat Von D. That was really intriguing because at the time she was dating, uh, Jesse James and we did it at a bookstore in San Francisco, and Jesse was was sort of like stalking her. Nobody really knew that Jesse yeah, was, he was dating. Just kind of roaming around. It was just like, but I don't think anyone really cared that he was there. It was it was interesting. It was minorly creepy. It was really what it was because <laughs> he was just hanging out. But yeah, man, well, she was really. I remember her being really sweet. She was such a sweetheart. She was really cool, and uh, and cool story about that one was, um, I got a tattoo. Oh God. Now it's been nine, eight or nine years ago, and uh, she was supposed to do it. It was actually supposed to be on the show, because the tattoo oh, okay. I got was "Memories of Olive" by uh, Alberto Vargas, and I have it on my back. But we were supposed to do it. The show loved it because it was a tribute to my dad who committed suicide when I was a kid, and so the show was like, "Yeah, we got to have this on," and the Alberto Vargas family wouldn't allow it, and so we couldn't mm-hmm. do it on the show. So instead of Kat doing it, it ended up being um, Ruthless, who was also on the show, but was a friend of mine, and we ended up doing it at her at her home. 
Right. Yeah, and I do remember that part of the story. I didn't know it was originally going to be on it, though. Yeah. But Ruthless was on the show, too. We had Ruthless on because she had done some music as well, and, and she was also part of the show. So we had her on. The, uh, there was another one that was really memorable, Carrie Brown. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, Carrie is the reason I was able to shake hands with Corrigan for the first time just because, yeah, and Carrie, remember, he, he really took care of us when we were there. You did, that was an online interview, though, wasn't it? No, we, well, the, yeah, the first interview I did with Carrie Brown was online, but then I went to his house in LA and I did Don Bowles from the Germs from his house. Uh, okay. And that one was that, really cool because that was right before the Germs had gone on tour with Warp Tour. And they just had a new singer who was also an actor, and uh, and there was a movie about the germs. Gotcha. And that was a trip because um, you go to Carrie's house and and he they've since moved. They have a bigger house now because they've done a bunch of stuff. But one ha- one half of the su- ha- one half of the house is all of the things that Carrie Brown has done. So if you don't know who Carrie Brown is, he's a really well-known music producer he's done jessica simpson he's done pretty much everything you've ever heard from smashing pumpkins which is why we were able to get into the smashing Pumpkins show but um he's done a bunch of stuff and so when you go into his house like the reel to reel that they did uh, that they recorded gish is still in the house mm-hmm. and all the oh, records funny. and stuff and then the other half is his wife who's stacy sure who if you've ever watched a tarantino movie she's produced it or if you watched reality bites she produced that as well so the other Excellent. half is all the movie producer stuff, and the other half is all the music producer stuff. So they're like this That's... quasi-power couple in Hollywood. It'd be a cool house to kind of roam around and just look at stuff for a minute. Yeah, it was it was neat. It was neat to, you know, I met Stacy briefly. I met his kids, and, uh, yeah, we, we did it at his house. Another house interview that I uh, was really cool, also in L.A., was Richard Elfman. Richard Elfman oh, okay. was really cool. So Richard Elfman is the guy, so my favorite band of all time is Oingo Boingo. A lot of people know this if they know me. And uh, it's because my dad used to play the album Only a Lad, like until the tape would wear out and then we'd go back to Rasputin's and we'd go get another tape. But (laughs) I grew up listening to Oingo Boingo. And so Richard Elfman worked with Danny Elfman, who's his brother, to create the Knights of the Round Table of Oingo Boingo. And so I got the opportunity to interview Richard Elfman at his house and so all the artwork on his wall is all the cover art for a bunch of Oingo Boingo albums. That's super cool. And it happened to be the former house of Charlie Sheen. So it was just like this weird place to be where I'm sure there was a lot of skeletons in many different closets. A lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of tiger blood going on down there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but it was just it was cool to meet somebody that uh, was part of something that was just a big part of my childhood. Yep. Yeah. And I understand that feeling. And that's why, I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I do this in the first place is it just, it's, it's a, you know, being a photographer, it's a medium that I enjoy doing, obviously, because I, I make, I do other projects and make other money that way. But being close to the music scene while being a photographer is just super fun for me. And it's so most of the time, if you get paid, if you get paid for something or you get paid by the project, or if you get recognized, that's all great. That's all, that's all fine. It's just, it's just being there is the fun part. One of the coolest things I think that have come out of this entire thing is that you got a chance to do something I don't think many photographers get to do in their entire careers, and that is provide their images as part of an album. And you got a chance to do that with Ben Folds 5. I, I, I did, and it, it's... um. Yeah, so, I mean, there's obviously other photographers have, have done that kind of thing. I never thought I would get the chance to do it. Right. 
So that was cool. But that was for uh, the first official Ben Folds 5 live album. That's so dropped, crazy. I think it was 2013 is when that was released. It's so crazy that, that those images are the ones that you took and uh, and they're used for an album. And they're there forever. Like generations of people that that listen to Ben Folds 5 and that album, they're going to look at that album. And, and that's your, yeah, I, your image. I have two things to say. One, because I've been a big fan of them since I was a teenager. So yeah. it was... First of all, when it was released, it was a big trip for me to put that CD on my shelf with the other ones and have that, you know, just be part of their catalog, except I'm the front cover of this That's one. So and that was, surreal, that was pretty cool. And, you know, and, and then uh, and then Ben Folds took all the other images. So I'm the only person that that offered images that was not Ben. And then the uh, yeah, the other part of it was. Um, oh, sorry, I'm blanking here. My train of thought just left. Anywho, yeah, that was uh, it, it. Was something that was really important to me, just any way to shoot that band because I just had been listening to them forever, right. and they had broken up for something like eleven years or, or nine years or whatever it was. So when they finally came back, I was just excited to go to the show. And yeah. then when I got photo access, then of course I was excited for that. And then when they gave me a call a couple of months later, I was like, oh, okay, well, damn. <laughs> and then. That's so and the next cool. thing you know, it's, you know, Sony sending me a contract and it's on, you know, I was having a drink at a bar and it was on their jukebox as like a new release thing. And it was, wow. it was all crazy. That's bizarre. But your images have been used for other things. I think Megadeth has used your, your image. Weezer's used your image. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, was it a couple of years ago? Candlebox used mine on the back cover of their record store day release. <laughs> like it was a, um, uh, an exclusive for that day. It was, it was a six song, I think EP. Wow. Um, yeah, around the internet, they've been popping up. Soundgarden picked me out of a lineup to do their stuff a number of years ago when they did their reunion tour. Wow. Um, but that was all based off of images they had seen that I've done for the 510. Right. So so they had seen that, and then someone got a hold of me that way. And so, yeah, so it's led to a lot of really cool opportunities. Oh, I thought about what I meant to say the other day or the other time. <laughs> um, we got our carpets cleaned, and this guy comes upstairs, and we've moved all of our – this is like two weeks ago. Yeah. And he, he moves all the furniture – or we move all the furniture, and he starts getting going, and he's he's looking at the Ben Folds 5 record on the wall. And I said – he's like, oh, look, Ben Folds. And I said, do you, do you like Ben Folds 5? And he's like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> so then I tell him, I was like, well, that's actually my photo on the cover. And the first thing he does is pull out his phone, and he's like, do you mind if I take a picture? I want to send this to the wife. <laughs> so it's just, it, I'm still, you still get little comments here and there, which is really fun. It's amazing. I, I just think that it, in the God, ten plus years that we've done this, uh, we've had so many amazing experiences. Like your image for Justin Timberlake got a lot of accolades, right? Like it's just, yeah. They're they're just and, and the one for Billy Idol did as well. Those two have done fairly well. Yeah, and it's just from this little website that we thought was just a matter of. Let's talk about where the music industry is going to head. And that's been yeah. the theme of the conversations that we've had with artists. And, you know, like we, I shot, um, you know, you weren't available, I think. I went down to San Jose and I shot uh, Lincoln Park. And it was one of their last shows before Chester died. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we've shot, um, we've done Warp Tour. We've done um, Bottle Rock. We've done a ton of festivals. And yeah, I did. Yeah, I did the Mayhem Festival that one year too. Um, yeah. There's a bunch. I just lose track. So if if I'm stumbling here, it's just because I'm trying to remember <laughs> it all. Because we've done, done a lot. We've done a lot, and I think what I, what's exciting to me, and it's always been, it's the one project I've done in my entrepreneurial life that I just feel like none of us have gotten rich off of it. We're we're just fan, you know, fans of music who run a fan site that mm -hmm. just happen to have 
gained access into these conversations or these little tidbits of a journey um, or been part of uh, a band's catalog or been featured in something or whatever it is, whatever that or is. And it's fascinating to see what this little website, because if you talk to anybody in the music industry and you say the 510, it's not the same as Consequences Sound or, you know, uh, what's that alt punk, whatever website, like there's a billion other bigger sites, but sure. we we've always been able to get access into these really amazing, and we found ourselves into these really amazing conversations and situations, and it's fascinating yeah. to see. And people ask me all the and time, like, "How did you get Henry Rollins?" And I go, "Yeah, I just asked." <laughs> yeah. Right, and it, it's it's not as exclusive as you'd think, or as you'd think, depending on who you're trying to talk to, because sometimes their schedule is just crazy busy, you know. And it's if they have an hour or two for an interview, yeah, and and 17 people are asking, you know, we may not be the first ones on that list to get approved, but you never know; it's happened before. Um, and the same goes with photo passes. Like the, what last year alone, I did the Who, I did Phil Collins, I did um, uh, uh, Paul McCartney. Like all these things, just I never thought, you know, ten years ago doing this site, I don't know if that would happen. But we have right. we have grown a little bit. People have started to hear about us. They started to see our work around. We're still not huge by any means, mm -hmm. but but again, that was never the goal really in the first place. No, it was just to kind of try to talk to people about music and see what we can do to help and see what we can do to just spur on conversations and try to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, I you know the last the last interview I did was. Charlie XCX here in Portland, which in and of itself was, it was a fine interview. She's a dumpster fire of a person, but it was, it was a great interview. Um, but after that, I was like, I was always trying to find a way to like, it was almost like double dutch. Can I do it now? Nope. Can't do it. And just like trying to find yep. an edge to get back into doing it. Cause I, I missed it dearly. And there, and what's unfortunate is like, because I haven't been, really into it there are so many bands out there i have no idea i'm not paying attention i still get all the press uh emails that i get from the the labels yeah, I, I, I just do I, I just feel like i'm so far behind the curve and so now it's like now i feel i gotta catch up and find out like who who should we be talking to i mean who who are we who's going to be the next guest right who's going to be the first guest in the 510 podcast Right uh, now, yeah, I mean, well, you, you picked a hell of a year to jump back into it, man. Right, there's, there's <laughs> nothing going on now. Well, everybody's sitting around; they can't tour, so why not talk to me, right? So, uh, so that's. I mean, the... that is true. It's just, but what are they going to talk about? It's like, I mean, Deftones has a record coming out, but that's. You know what's funny, and you're gonna laugh when I say this. Uh, Chino from the Deftones now lives here in Portland. I'm aware of that actually. Somehow I knew that. <laughs> like I thought a friend of mine told me he was in Bend or something like that. But I, I he did a recent interview and it was marked as Portland and he said he was at home. So I assume yeah. he relocated. Yeah, he relocated up here. He actually lives in Lake Oswego, which is just uh, where we just moved from. But uh, and a buddy of mine says he keeps seeing him at uh, the local high end um, grocery store. So he's definitely like acclimated to the Lake Oswego lifestyle, which is great. That's funny. Uh, coming from Sacramento and being a, a you know heavy heavy band, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a crazy time we're living in. And I felt like, you know, I'm, I, I got laid off back in May. I've got a couple of the projects, but I felt like, you know, if I, this is the right time, this just feels like the right time to get back into it, have the conversation, put it up as a podcast instead of doing it like we used to do where 
we would play up and coming music and then there would be an interview somewhere in between there. And they were fun and they, they got a lot of uh, people to listen and discover these new bands. But, um, it was somewhere in there was this, this conversation. And I think rebooting this, I want the conversation to be the focus. Like it's okay for the music to have its place, but I want the conversation to be the, the topic. Sure, of it, and the, re- the, the rest of, of the five ten dot com is all about music news and photographs and everything anyway. So it's so that we got that we got you covered there. So it's yeah. uh yeah, no, I agree. It should be about the conversation. And maybe now is a good time considering a lot of people are at home. Uh, it's just it depends on what what they have to talk about, but that's up for them to yeah, you know, up to them to give to us. Yeah. So I'm really excited it's back. Um hopefully we get a whole bank of of new episodes. Um, I'm working really hard on the on behind the scenes, interviewing as many or uh, emailing as many publicists and and PR people as I possibly can, texting artists to see when they can come on. Um, I think Joe Wang is going to be our first official guest back. I interview him next week. He's okay. um, a composer. He has um, he has his own uh, podcast as well, but. Um, He's done some uh, some film work, and then uh, uh, Aquafina's show on Comedy Central. He does all the music for that show as well. So it'll be really interesting. That'd be cool. I'd like to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Well, we got there's there's a handful of artists out there that I want to reach out to, and if by chance any one of them stumbles across this, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, there's there are a few artists out there that have that have albums on the way. I know Megadeth's got something coming up. Our Lady Peace has something coming up. Um, these are all bands I'd love to talk to, but I yeah. have no idea what their schedule is like or where they're at in the process of it all. So yeah, that, that also has a lot to. A lot of people don't want to talk if the thing's not done yet. And I still have a lot of bands that were on like our bucket list, right? Like the Foo Fighters. I'd love to have Dave Grohl on. Uh, Butch Vig. I'd love to have Butch Vig on the show. There's still a lot of those mm-hmm. like um, bands and artists that were, and, and I would love to get some, you know, we had, like I said, we had Taboo from Black Eyed Peas. We've had mm-hmm. pop artists on the on in the past. I'd love to do some upcoming pop artists or even some really well-known pop, pop artists. Um, and then we've done comedy. And I, I really, I've always loved those conversations. Like my conversation with Jim Brewer was a lot of fun. Um, and Margaret Cho was a lot of fun. Those, those conversations have their place and they're just, they're so much fun. They're just fun well, they people lend, in general. They lend themselves to the conversation because they're used to talking in front of an audience anyway. Yeah. But then on top, on top of that, you know, they, they have careers and they're dealing with a lot of the same things that a lot of musical artists are doing as well. You know, the yeah. way, the way new media is distributed, uh, the way you get paid by these things these days, what's everybody doing now in 2020 to, stay relevant and, and keep in the public eye. They have all, a lot of the same uh, insight that musicians do. No, 100%. Yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, you know, hopefully people are also excited. And yeah, I'm, I'm just glad we're back, man. Yep, it's nice to have you back. It's been a bit. It's been a bit, yeah. And hopefully hopefully we'll have to get long on to fill in the gaps as well. I miss that guy. That guy. Yeah, absolutely. I have no idea what that guy's doing anymore, but <laughs> like even Tracy, Tracy was, uh, was fun to have around. We had a, a little ragtag group of people that were helping with the five ten, and nobody was getting paid. We just, we all had a blast. I mean, I think Tracy was a big fan of like the twilight movies and we had uh what's that guy's name? We had one of the guys from twilight who was in a band called hundred monkeys and uh and so she came along and she was starstruck the whole time um yeah and we had um 
And, and all this started. So the reason why I even started the 510 was because uh, I lost a ton of money doing booking bands in the Bay Area. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just couldn't do that anymore. So this was my way of not losing money, but still staying in the conversation. So it was, it's always been a, a lot of fun. And if that makes you feel any better, I think everybody's losing money booking bands in the Bay Area right now. I don't doubt that. <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> it's, to, it's to that end. I feel really bad about the venues. I mean, there's so many incredible venues out there that are just yeah. hanging on by a string. And yep. hopefully we get back to being able to do something soon. Yeah, we're all really worried out here just because they were already fighting for for um, for revenue as it was. You know, the whole the whole rock music thing in the Bay Area has been falling away these days. So all these legendary venues are just trying to fill seats and trying to get people in there. Yeah. And so the virus certainly didn't help. Yeah, I heard um, Slim's. But you know, like, like Slim's Slim's closed for yeah. good and is going to be a DJ club called Yolo, oh which is God. like heartbreaking to me. Ugh. Some of the best shows I've ever seen have been at Slim's. Oh yeah. Oh man, like that's the first place I saw Maroon Five because they opened for Cowboy Mouth. That's like, funny. Uh, I saw so one of the bands that I ended up being friends with was a band that we booked called Shiny Toy Guns. And they oh, were yeah, just like that. this one hit wonder uh, band. But anyway, their drummer and I uh, were friends and he played like this, some private show, this Jack Daniels show at Slim's. And, uh, and I just didn't want any part of Jack Daniels. So um, I ended up going across street to butter, which was our, you know, the, I ended up mm -hmm. DJing there every Thursday night uh, doing hip hop, uh, old school hip hop. Uh, but I walked in butter and funny story. And then, you know, we'll wrap this up, but um <laughs> I walk into Butter, and Butter's a dark um, sort of dive bar. You walk in, lights are low, there's a bar in the middle, it's like an island, and there's like an actual trailer in the back. It's it's really, the theme is white trash, is really the theme yeah, the of the trailer. Bar. The trailer, like the, the Winnebago is the DJ booth. The, no, the Winnebago is the kitchen. The DJ booth. Oh, that's is how they the... moved. Last time I was in there, they moved the DJ booth. Oh, over shut to up, the Winnebago. Did they really? Nice. So anyway, um, <laughs> the Winnebago. Well, there's a uh, trailer in the back. The Winnebago's in the front, but the trailer in the back is the kitchen, and the Winnebago in the front's just a half of a Winnebago, or just the front of the Winnebago. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the yeah. One in the front. Got it. And so anyway, uh, but anyway, before the Winnebago was there, um, you'd walk in and it was just dark. But this time, this time I walk in and it is lit up like you're at an A's game. And I'm like, this is really weird. So I get there, and there's a table set up right at the door as you walk in to the right. And I, I walk in, and there's a gentleman greeting me, and there's a pile of papers. And I'm thinking, this is really strange. And he goes, um, are you here for the shoot? And I said, what shoot? And just as I said that, I kind of creep my head over to look around him. And there was like a gathering of people on the like looking down at the floor. And butter's not a place like you look at the floor. It's just, no, you just don't want to. Yeah, it's ignorance is bliss, right? You don't want to look down at this dive bar floor. But I was intrigued. And I said, yes, I am. So he goes, I need your license and you need to sign this waiver. So I signed the waiver and I get closer and I realize they're filming a porno on the floor at butter. Nice. <laughs> and me being me, I'm not going to get into the middle of all this. So I make sure I'm behind the camera person. The entire time. Because I don't ever want to be on the... Be. Yeah. And so I'm watching this and it's just... Um, there's just some things that don't belong in HD. And I'm, I'm a firm believer. I'm old enough to say that um, porn is one of those things. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's just... Uh, it was not... 
great. But I went back across the street and uh, Shiny Toy Guns had finished their set. And of course, what do I do? I grab Mikey and I drag him back over to Butter so he can see this as well. And so it was That's uh, funny. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, but Slim. Yeah, one of the last uh, the last interview I did for the Five Ten was last year, I think, and it was uh, Will Goldsmith uh, from Sunny Day Real Estate, also Foo Fighters. Oh and, wow! Uh, and so we did. We had to do it through, you know, obviously through distance. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Sunny Day was one of those bands that influenced me greatly in the '90s, early 2000s, and I. I saw them at Slim's, so yeah. it's, that's another one of those bands that, you know, you know, kind of come full circle. And now I'm talking to the guy, and he was bummed to hear it close too. And it was just, yeah, it's just so much cool stuff. And I just, I'm afraid if people go, don't get the funding up and going, yeah, that we're going to see a lot more of that in the next year. Yeah, it was. I mean, the things that opened up for us as part of the Five Ten, like I, I even did DJ gigs at the Fillmore. Like I used to DJ the poster room at the Fillmore because yeah. of the 510 and you walk up the Fillmore and the Fillmore is this really famous venue it's been there since the Janis Joplin Grateful Dead days and they have a poster room that's really famous and upstairs in the poster room they usually let these small bands or a DJ play and there was one night I got to play um the main stage and I opened for Pendulum Wait, and so really? I yeah I that's weird yeah it was really weird but the the only reason I got it was because I'd been doing the the poster room for so long and they knew I could do it and so they put me on the main stage for Pendulum. That's so funny. I just assumed that people like Pendulum would have an opener coming with them. So that's but either way, that's cool, man. And I kept the the poster, like some of the best gigs that I DJ'd, I still have the poster, like Cracker or uh not Cracker, um uh Beck. Beck uh played yeah. uh the Fillmore and they have a great poster for that one. Um, plus 44 and the matches played at the Fillmore. I have that poster. Oh, the matches. Yeah, the, the matches. I mean, there's just, it's just all my memories wrapped up uh, through the 510 are in venues that are just the Warfield, the Independent, uh, the Slims, Yoshi's. Bottom of the hill. Bottom of the, oh God, bottom of the hill. Like just so many cool spots and, I know that the Bay Area has new ones. Like the cha- I've been to the chapel once. In fact, I think we did um, Brother Ali at at chapel. But it's a pretty cool. It's it's a tough to find parking. And as a photographer, I wish they had a pit. Yeah. Other than that, though, I, I really like that place. It gets a little crowded for a lot of their shows. But that's a good thing. Yeah. 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 Oh man, memories, memories. Well, thank you for going down this trip down memory lane of the five ten. I appreciate you keeping it going. And I'm so excited that we're we're doing this uh, podcast. Of course, man. I'm excited too, and it's going to be good. And it'll just give us more content, more things for people to pay attention to when everyone's kind of stuck at home these days. Yeah, definitely, brother. Thank you. And we'll uh, I'm I when you move up here, let me know. <laughs> gotcha. Thanks, Josh. You've been listening to the Five Ten Podcast, not the Five Ten Radio. Tune in every week. We'll have new episodes uploaded on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcast. You can find us at the Five Ten dot com. I'm JC. See you later. <laughs>